0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Keep hey, oh. change of guilty Let's just do it straight in, no messing about. I'm coming in hot. Today I'm coming in with energy today because I'm I've left it quite late. I, I will say not my fault. Although if if I'm you know just take responsibility immediately, Stephen. Um, I'm sorry this is going out late. I had great intentions. I had maybe I should recorded it yesterday. I understand. I mean I'm I'm arguing with myself here. You guys are listening to this and you're not even arguing. Um, but anyway, I, I I had planned to do it Friday morning. I had a voiceover job this morning, I had great fun doing that, got up, did the voiceover job, and then I was like, I'll head straight home now, I'll do uh, Hello Stevo before I go off to do other work, before I go off to do another gig tonight, and what happened was I got a phone call about something else which had knock-on effects for other phone calls, which meant I had to sit around and wait for another phone call, which meant I couldn't record the podcast, it was just one of those days one of those afternoons. However, can I just tell you now, between you and me, don't tell anyone this, right? The success of today was, well, the joy of today. And you've all experienced it. You, me, the whole of the world have experienced when you're rushing around, but you need to do a wee. And you've left yourself in a situation where you've just had a wee in the place that you've left. But you were maybe drinking a little bit too much water. And you're only ten minutes down the road and you need a wee again. But you didn't listen to your body. And you didn't say, maybe I'll need a wee. Maybe it would not be a good idea to buy a coffee, Stephen, to add to this situation. So, I've had a wee ten minutes out of the place, needing another wee, but not realising that in my head, go in, order a coffee, drink the coffee, while I'm waiting, running to try and get to the bus, actually. And what does the coffee do? It makes you need a poo. So now I'm in a situation where I'm thing for a wee and a poo but then i can see the bus coming so i have to run to catch the bus with the coffee in my hand needing a wee and a poo the bus driver is slowing down for me because he's kind enough he's gonna let me on but he's also going i got to let that man on this bus because he's running kind of weird he looks like he's got something stuck up his bum Because that's what you look like when you're holding a wee and a poo at the same time. And then you're just praying that he just doesn't stop swerving the bus so much. Stop jerking to the stop because it's putting more pressure on the bowels and the bladder at the same time. You get off at your bus stop, which thankfully it was a quick journey today. Hop off. You get straight home. You're on to the loo. And the joy, as some of you may have seen already on Instagram, as I was sitting on the loo, ah, just, isn't it, like, the rest of the the day doesn't matter. When you've been, you know what it's like, you've been under that pressure when you've been holding these things in, you've been holding a wee or a poo, and the fucking relief the relief! I remember the first time somebody acknowledged that relief. I was in primary school, a guy, I think it was in 5th or 6th class, his name was Greg O'Sullivan, and he said to me, isn't it the best feeling in the world when you've had a piss? He was after pissing in someone's front fucking gate or something like that. Isn't it the best feeling in the world when you've been bursting for a piss and you've just had it? Isn't it the best? And it's like, it. I mean... I don't want to put it up there. Maybe it's a different feeling. But is it up there with sex? Is it up there with a the lovely orgasm? Is it? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, that that might be a reflection on, on sex that we have all had in our lives, whether it be good or be bad. But I don't know. I mean, I've had some, you know, I've had some fun. I've had some fun in my day. And I've also held some big ones, held some big wee's And let me tell you, the relief of today, because I'm exhausted my body is tired. It's all over the place with the jet lag of where I've been the last couple of weeks. And to be honest with you, I really did have fun doing that voiceover job this morning. But I was in the booth at one stage when they're all conversing about whether they'll change this line here, this line there, where I kind of nodded off for a second. <laughs> I did not have a good sleep last night. Things like this have been happening where it's 8 p.m. in the evening and I'm like, "Mm, I am exhausted right now. Exhausted. I'm going to have a big, massive sleep. I snuggle up into my lovely bed and I'm like, oh, yes, this is going to be the best sleep ever. At 8 p.m. and then at 9 p.m., zing, awake, wide awake. It is killer. But that is what happens. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not really complaining. Yes, I'm tired. My body clock is all over the place, but it's for good reason. I'm a lucky boy that I got to go to Dubai. Oh, by the way, I didn't. Say, I didn't. I, I wrote it in the Instagram post actually, but I never said this joke on stage. And it's an old dad joke, and I think a lot of people from Cork know this joke or a version of this joke. But I'm just going to tell you the joke now. If you haven't heard it, listeners of the podcast, faithful listeners of the podcast. The story about how Dubai got its name. So way back when, when the sheikhs had made their money in oil and they're going to make this big, massive, beautiful city in the United Arab Emirates in the middle of the desert. desert, Nearly said desert. In the middle of the desert. And the rulers, the sheikhs, they're arguing with each other as to what they're going to call this city. For months, heated debate goes on and they don't know what they're going to call this city. So finally, they decide when the airport is built. When the first flight flies into this beautiful city which we've just made. When the first passenger comes off the first flight, we're going to ask them what they think this city should be called. And whatever they say, that'll be the name of the city. So the airport gets built, the city is built, the first flight comes in and the rulers, all of them, wait on the tarmac of the runway in anticipation. And the first passenger comes off the plane and the first passenger is a man from Cork. And the rulers walk up to this man and say to him, excuse me, sir. Can we ask you a question? To which the cork man said, Dubai? <laughs> <coughs> I don't know how many times I've heard that joke, but I'm more laughing now at the fact that all of you listening to it going, Oh my God! I'm turning this off. I'm turning this pocket. That is disgraceful. Can't believe I listened to that joke. <laughs> My dad taught me that years ago and then there was another version of it when I was in New York one of the other lads from Cork knew another version of us but that's how Dubai got its name I mean I've played I've I've, I've actually told that joke deadpan to lots of people uh, and uh, they've literally gone oh my gosh I didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> You can't be the good dad joke let me tell you So yeah I'm a bit jet lagged, but I'm go- I'm like I'm I'm in good spirits. I'm in good form. Uh, I've had a fantastic uh, couple of weeks. I'm deli- Can I just say I th- I think sometimes we don't celebrate enough because sometimes when we've been away, we can just be like, oh yeah, it was amazing. It's so much better over there. Blah 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 blah. People can get like that. Can I just uh, preempt everything that I'm going to talk about with the fact, the statement that I'm absolutely delighted to be at home because i miss my daughter and i don't like going away from her that much but i'm delighted to be home and um i had a great time but you know i do feel like you know it's good to be home as well it's good to be back in ireland i don't know if i if maybe the dubai trip was a bit like it set me off a little bit weird because the 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 cultural change or the cultural difference can make you fairly excuse me got hiccups that's not the time to get hiccups on a podcast the cultural changes in dubai uh, uh, can be you know you know it might make you feel homesick straight away from the start but i uh i'm glad to be home i was home for a day after dubai and then i went off to new york and um it was an absolutely fantastic time i've spoken to lots of you uh, online over the last week um where uh, people were keeping up to date with all the goings-on at the wedding. Um, because, to be honest with you, it was great fun to make Instagram stories in the last week because we just had great crack and it was a highly unusual, not highly unusual, but it was, it was just a really joyous, great time. So it was great to share it with everybody. And I had the crack with many of you online about the whole thing. Um we can uh blast episode I recorded was from the Hamptons, um and I think it was on the Friday morning um and uh it was Friday morning Hamptons time anyway. And at that stage, I just landed and arrived. We had a breakfast in a really cool place. We had done the rehearsal dinner, and I think I'd just woken up the, the after the rehearsal dinner, so I was feeling a little bit worse for wear. Yeah, that's right, we ended up in, a, in the Cladda pub, which is gas. We got a round of applause when we walked in there because we were actually real Irish people, so all the people sitting at the bar sat and started applauding us, which is gas. But when I was recording the last time, I'm pretty sure it was the morning of the wedding. Um, and I will I I will start off by saying that, and as you could probably see in the Instagram stories, it was easily the best fun I've ever had at a wedding by a mile. And shout out to Des uh, for those of you who don't know that I went to um my friend Des Bishop who I uh, work with as a comedian as well. I open a lot of his shows. Um, and if you don't know Des is uh, is uh, an Irish American comedian or you know, he's, he's you know he's pretty strongly both he's lived in, in Ireland long enough and he's of Irish descent but he's a New Yorker uh, and he uh, was uh, he's been living in Ireland now for um, 32 years or something like that 30 plus years. Uh, and he's big in Ireland, and he's, he gigs around the, the U.S. as well. Stand-up comedian, so lots of you guys will know exactly who I'm talking about. But he got married to a lovely woman called Hannah Burner, who is of the Giggly Squad podcast, which is—I'm gonna—I don't know if it's one of the biggest podcasts in the world, but it's—it's it's pretty bloody huge, to be honest with you, in the U.S. It's good fun. I was listening to an episode the other day. She did the wedding episode with her her pal Paige. Her and Paige do uh, the episode. And I think they both know, I think Paige and her were on the same show. They were on a show called Summer House, which is a reality TV show on Bravo in the US. And so there was lots of these reality TV stars at the wedding, which is kind of cool slash funny for us Irish guys. We hadn't a clue who anyone was. <laughs> I met some girl who had 1.1 million followers on TikTok and she's 24. <laughs> Um and so they're kind of famous in their own right, I suppose, but you know, we did not a clue. No made no difference to us. Um So that was uh but it was a really, really fun wedding, and shout out to Dez and Hannah. And Dez gives all the credit to Hannah as to why it was such a fun wedding because um honestly, that was the theme. It was just fun and it was brilliant, and I don't think anyone there would have felt out of place or felt that they were wearing the wrong clothes or that it wasn't their vibe or any of that stuff because they cater to literally everybody. It's such a mix of people there, all ages, from uh, late teens to, to 70s and 80s. Um, you had Hannah's family. Hannah's originally from Brooklyn. Um, so her parents on both sides of, uh, 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 of her family is from her mum's side and from her dad's side. Um, you had Dez's family, which he has like uh, an Irish family from uh, predominantly from Dublin that went over, and then he had all his New York family from uh, Queens. So he's which he's got a hu- I didn't realize he's a huge New York family, huge. Um, one part of it is like Italian American Irish, so they, like they were real characters. Uh, he had his aunts and all that kind of stuff, his brothers, um. And then I was with the group of the Irish lads, which, which was uh, all his pals that he went to uh, university with. They all went to University College Cork. And what a lovely, lovely, lovely bunch of lads. Very funny bunch of lads. And we had great crack. As I said last week on the podcast, um, but I'm not great in groups, always been a bit of a loner I think it's the nature of, of my upbringing that you know I moved around a lot and I was in lots of different schools and and all that kind of stuff that I've always felt a little bit of of an outsider but I was just getting into the swing of it when I did the last podcast and I made the big leap and um, I mean they were so well um, they were so welcoming they were so nice and from the very first day they all went sea swimming and after, uh, before the last podcast Um, I hadn't jumped in the sea yet, but later on that day after I recorded the last podcast, I did go and jump in the sea. And, man, it was freezing. Now I only did it because the lads were like, you know, come on. Like, it's a bit of crack. And I learned the value of let's just do things together. I, I'm, I'm terrible at that. Even in my in, in, in my family life, I'm so bad at it. I always prefer to go do my own thing, which, you know, kind of disconnects things. It's not great. And Des is great at pushing me and going, come on, let's all do this. We're all doing this. We're all doing that. And it just created a great vibe for the whole weekend, for the whole wedding, where everybody just starts doing things together. And it's like, come on, everybody. Get involved. Let's get involved. So swimming was another part of that and uh so later on that morning and to be honest after the rehearsal dinner I was feeling I I don't and I did great at the wedding as well I don't get drunk drunk I just feel tipsy and I'm like okay I'll have a water now you know because I'm not I do I do not want to be dealing with hangovers joking me but I was feeling a little bit tired a little bit fragile not hungover uh, on that Friday morning and we went for a swim that day and my goodness it was some crack because, I, I'm not even joking, I was screaming, scre- the water is freezing there, because they, ha- they haven't got the hot temperatures there yet, and we don't realise how, I know the sea in Ireland is cold, but it's actually a lot warmer than lots of places, because we have the North Atlantic Drift uh, coming up from the Gulf of Mexico, and it kind of warms the country a little bit, they don't have that in the Hamptons, it was Freezing! I'm not even joking. It was painful, men You know what I'm talking about. The shrinkage was painful. I was—I'm not joking. I was screaming, screaming, in the. But then, as you again, you will have seen on um on Instagram stories, Des purchased a hot tub for his place uh, a while back, and um as his brother takes the Mickey out of him, when he first met Hannah, she'd mentioned uh like. I think just in passing that she loved a hot tub and he went and bought a hot tub for her for when she, he, she came over to his for the first time and his brother to this day still like takes the mic out of him he meets this girl once and he buys her a hot tub what's wrong with you bro? <laughs> but this hot tub is it's actually nothing too swanky it's just a pretty basic hot tub that can sit outside but the thing is it's not huge it's just four people max Now, you will have seen those photos. We managed to squeeze eight fully grown men into us. (laughs) It was so intimate and it's so kind of awkward because we don't know each other. So the first day they're like, come on, Steve, hop in. I'm like, I I mean, I don't even know your names and I'm going to sit in half naked with you all. But that Friday morning when I was feeling a bit fragile, ran into the water and it it was a great feeling because when you come out of the water, you're not cold at all because the water is so flipping cold. Freezing, screaming. Then we go, so we go back uh, off the beach, up this kind of wooden walkway, across the road, up the stairs to Dez's house, rinse off, rinse all the sand off. He's got two gorgeous outside showers that are hot water, they're the best thing ever. And then into the hot tub. Oh my god, the feeling of the hot tub after you've been in a freezing cold sea is the best. And you realize the things that make you happy in life they're just tiny little things. Hot water and cold water can make you so happy. <laughs> So that was just grey crack. It was brilliant. And then um uh and we got I got to meet John Bishop. A lot of you guys may may or may not know John Bishop and his wife Melanie. Uh John Bishop is a stand up comedian, predominantly in the UK, though he gigs everywhere. But um like he does arenas in the UK, he's a like really big uh, comedian in the UK uh, and Ireland as well. But um uh, lovely guy, lovely, so he's a good friend of uh, Dez's, they're they're actually not related, despite the name, and uh, so it was lovely to meet somebody like him, he was great crack, lovely guy, lovely guy, and he just sl- slotted in so well, with all the other lads, and uh, it was great fun, and then, the great thing about the wedding was that it didn't start till half four. So we were kind of dossing around all day, to be honest with you. And uh, by the time the photographer came over to take shots of Des getting ready and all that stuff, we're all sitting there in our togs with our towels wrapped around us, like still soaking wet. And it's probably four o'clock and we still haven't got changed yet. Now the wedding venue was only, whatever, 10 minute drive down the road. Um, but so there we are. The photographer comes over. He can only take photos of days because none of the rest of us are ready. Um, we get ready. And can I just say to everybody uh, that while I think most of you did vote for the blue jacket, I was so delighted. If you don't know what I'm talking about on Instagram, I kind of went out shopping for the clothes for the wedding. And I didn't know what to uh, buy. I was pretty stressed about it. But the woman in the shop, uh, Julia, I think, or Juliet Sugar. I'm sorry, i forgot your name. I'd written it down somewhere. She was amazing, and I went for a white linen shirt, a green suit jacket, a cream chino trousers, and I went and bought a nice pair of um, uh, desert boots, kind of uh, brown leather. And uh, they were so, oh, they're so comfortable. They're beautiful, and they're great because I know I can wear them with jeans again and all that kind of stuff. But we uh, went, did all that crack, and um, sorry, we 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 got dressed. Uh, and I, I never thought I'd get as many compliments I, I like I the literally the green jacket got compliments. I couldn't believe it. I was like, geez. Because of course, as I predicted, other people were wearing light blue jackets. And I was like, I would have just looked like every other prat. and there's something really like Abercrombie and Finch American dude about the blue the the light blue jacket, whatever it is about it. There was something that irked me about I I had that vision in my head and sure enough there was some knob there, hey dude, you know. But like, you know, rich, you know, kind of, you know, just the, the, the picture of America, basically, wearing a light blue jacket. I was like, so glad I did not wear a light blue jacket. Now, on the other side, lots of people make jokes about wearing a green jacket like that. And they're like, oh, did you win the Masters, Steve? <laughs> to be fair, only one person said that. Who is that? Hannah, the bride. She can say what she wants. <laughs> so we get to the venue and they're waiting there with a, a couple of, you know, glasses of rosé for us. Then they bring us outside and the venue is just like... I don't even know if you caught it, it was a hotel. It looked it looked like a hotel, but a very standard, nice hotel on the beach. Um, we have a glass of rosé. They walk us all out the back of the hotel, out this wooden pathway, which is actually the same beach, but just a couple of miles down from where we were swimming in the sea earlier. And they have it all set up uh, with the chairs. Perfect number of chairs for the amount of people to sit down there. And Dez is waiting at the top. The judge is there who's going to marry them. And um, he was very funny very funny which because everybody was kind of like uh, that was unexpected that was unexpected nobody expected him to be that funny and he was very funny Like he had days cracking up a few times Uh, he was very funny to be fair and it wasn't long the whole ceremony was 10 minutes it was lovely they did the vows all that stuff we walked back in and then we had what was called cocktail hour which was brilliant lots of plates of all the small foods like cold meats nice salads um brilliant little tiny fish tacos and stuff like that. Loads of lovely cocktails, um, and that was lovely. And so that was great. You just hang around and chat to loads of people and then from there you go into the dinner which is like from one food to the other and to be fair Des give us the heads up. He was like don't eat too much at cocktail hour because then you won't be able to eat the meal and he was right. I just had one plate of bits and pieces and that was it. I mean I'd love I think we did get loads of the stuff later the next day because there was loads of it left over definitely but it was delicious. The food best food I've ever had at a wedding as well. And then we go into the main room where they have all the tables, a gorgeous setup, etc. etc, etc. And we um the the, the the bride and groom come in and straight away they do the first dance. So that's the way they work it. So they intertwine the speeches dancing and the meal and let me tell you it was the best thing ever because you just n- you never felt that you were sitting around or you're bored or you're having to Ugh. do you know you're sitting at wedding speeches sometimes and you're going Ugh. so the bride and groom came out they started having their slow dance then then they put on a fast song so everybody gets up and you know bops about a bit and then they put the first course down so by the time you've had the first bop and you can't hold back from the first bop because it was just great crack and that's why i love the americans they're so positive they're like Yoo-hoo, let's just have fun everybody hops up whereas i, I feel like sometimes and we were the last the irish table we were the last to go up because we definitely have this feeling of like jesus would you not have a few pints before you're doing that first jesus hold hold on a second but nah they're all flying it up there having great old crack so you get up and you dance and by the time you sit down your your first course is there you get stuck into that and while you're eating that they do a little speech and then there's more music and then uh, or maybe a couple of speeches but basically the time flew I had the steak for the main, and it—it wasn't steak. Is—is—is is, is, um, not doing it justice. It was top notch. I think it was a flank. I used to work in a Michelin star restaurant. and I had to cook this stuff as well in London, and uh, honestly, it was cooked to that standard, and the quality of beef was that standard as well. Absolutely. The only downside was I did—you have to season it. You ha- it was perfectly cooked, but it wasn't seasoned, which was a big disappointment. But I just asked for a bit of salt, which is embarrassing to have to do at a wedding. But it was—it was. It was epic. It was gorgeous. Didn't actually have any dessert because I was full, but the cake looked amazing. I did have a cupcake for my daughter because she loves cupcakes, so then I went to take a picture of these beautiful cupcakes that were going around and uh, sent it to my daughter, and I was like, I suppose I better have a taste because she wants to know what it tastes like. Man, it was delicious. The best cupcake I've ever had. Then, which is very dangerous, you'll never get this at an Irish wedding. The bar for the whole day was free. All free. All the drink paid for. So that was great. And we danced for ages. But they're very strict about when they finish. So the wedding actually finished at half ten. But they'd organize buses that were waiting outside. They'd bring us down to this kind of beach dive bar type place. Which is called Johnny Scott's on the Hamptons. And we were there till all hours. And they were like. It, it was like uh, that film Coyote Ugly. Like we like the girls were up on the bar dancing. It was great crack. It was just great fun. So um, Yeah. I mean, I had an absolute ball. Thank you again to Dez and Hannah. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, The next day, they they had uh, one of the... So so lots of the fans of the Giggly Squad, which is Hannah's podcast, as I said, it's huge. Lots of the fans of that got involved in in the wedding. Like, one of them made the cake. One of them was the wedding planner. One of them was... uh, did this food truck the next day. So they had a food truck over to Dez's house. Which did a amazing. Like Bloody Mary's. And um all that co- like nice daytime cocktail stuff. If you wanted. I did not have any of that. But then. Oh yeah. I forgot. I had a lobster roll. It was delicious. Just lobster in like a sweet brioche thing. Absolutely delicious. They also did like a, this uh, stunning cheese toasty. Um some cold meats as well and all that kind of stuff the food was just amazing i had a root beer as well or something like that as well and we just hung out that day and took it easy got to meet all hannah's friends um it was great crack and then that evening me and a couple of the irish lads uh because all days is new york family were hanging out in his house and that was turning into another wild party so we went off to dinner in a place called dockers which was gorgeous it wasn't the way the weather for it but the Apparently, people sit there and have their dinner while the sun sets because it's kind of on the water. It was stunning, but um, and we went. So me and a couple of the Irish lads went uh, for dinner with John Bishop and his wife, and they were uh, so lovely. We had great chats and great hangout, and that's the crack. Basically, that was the weekend, and then then uh, the next night uh, I went. Uh, we hung out with the lads. The lads kind of left, and I had one more night there, so I went to stay in Manhattan for a night and a great time in the city. Um. Well, I didn't do a lot. I just went to Des's local cafe, and because I was exhausted by that stage, so I just hung out in his apartment. Went to the cafe, did a little bit of work, and um, that night, I, or the, the night I was in the city, I did go up to a comedy club and I met Katie Boyle, which a lot of you guys may know, Katie Boyle, the Irish comedian who's based in New York. So I went and hung out with Katie, and uh, it was great. So, um, all in all, I mean, I had a f- wonderful, wonderful wonderful time Uh, I know I've said thank you a few times but thank you so much uh, to Des and Hannah it was great and um, yeah I I just had an absolute ball and it was nice being in the US I mean all the oh I forgot to tell you this I forgot to tell you this to get over to the U.S., it's such a palaver. It's not just like in traveling in Europe. I suppose you forget how easy it is, but in the U.S., you know, you go through all our security here, but then you have to go through customs and security over here again to go past the U.S. immigration in Dublin Airport. So you have to do all the security stuff twice. But I forgot about getting an ESTA or an is yeah an ESTA visa. And Des like, oh, you just pay for that in the queue. I totally forgot about this thing because I forgot that was the thing that when you're on the plane landing in the US that you just fill that out on the plane I think but now you have to do it online and you have to have it completed beforehand I queued for 40 minutes for checkout because of the check in my bag I get to the checkout and I was like I've just ordered this Esther on on my phone because somebody my agent was in the queue and she said did you get that done I was like shit no she's like do it now quick so I did it on the phone Um, I obviously got scammed because I think I went through a UK website because I had to pay £80 when it's only supposed to be €15. It actually wasn't a scam. I just went through the wrong website. But anyway, um, I get to check out. She won't check me in. I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm going to miss this flight. And I'm actually sitting there going, I may not be going on this trip and I just have to accept that now because I went to check how much it cost to change the flight. They said it would be £150. I was like, well, that's not too bad. I suppose I could do that. Yeah. uh so I was sitting at the tickets you know the place where you'd sort out the ticket stuff and uh I was like the the gate the check-in was closing at half nine. This was like I'd been there since quarter two, nine, and I was coming right up to half nine and no email was coming through to say that your ESTA has been approved. Next thing, this woman comes running, sprinting out from behind the the ticket desk where you have to go and change your flights and all that. She's like, "Mister Mullen, it's come through, it's come through." So I hadn't got an email it come through in her system. She rushed me up to the top of check-in, and I just about made the check-in. And then from there, they took my baggage, and I had to literally sprint through security and all that kind of stuff, and just about made it to get on the flight. I didn't have. I was supposed to buy an adapter. I was supposed to get a, a new perfume, aftershave. It's not aftershave; it's perfume, really, men's perfume. And um It was just all rushed. But I made the flight. I nearly didn't make it. I should have started with that at the beginning. Um, But yeah, it was great to be over in the US. And apart from all that palaver that you have to go through, it was brilliant. And I'm definitely going to be going back to New York to do some shows. uh, uh, Because I've got a, a couple of connections in there that I can go and do the club. So I'd be really excited to do that. There was one weird incident in New York on the... The night that I was there, I basically walked up to the comedy club because I was staying on the Lower East Side on Manhattan. So it was a bit of a walk. It was a half-hour walk. But for some reason, my 3G was not working when I was in the U.S. I had to be on Wi-Fi. But thankfully, I you know, I had my Google Maps and I was like, okay, you're just going to have to remember this old school. You're going to have to walk 10 blocks that way, 3 blocks that way, 5 blocks that way, blah, blah, blah. So I was keeping an eye on the street names and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't looking at my phone doing all this stuff. And then... Um, uh, I realized I could get street Wi-Fi. In certain parts of Manhattan, they have street Wi-Fi. So I was able to log into that. Maybe they have it in other cities. I don't know. Uh, so that was great. But then I was meeting Katie in this comedy club hoping to do a spot. But by the time I got there, they're like, we're closed, man. I was like, you're closed? Is Katie Boyle there? I was like, don't know who you're talking about. And then they said, you know, there's another New York comedy club. And I was like, you're joking me. So the same brand has two venues. And she, she didn't tell me that. So I was still another 20 minutes walk from her. Anyway, I headed up to her and uh met up with her and her club was closed by that stage as well but she was like come on we'll go for a drink there's an Irish bar around the corner and as I'm walking down the block talking to Katie on the opposite side of the road there's a group of people and at the front of them is some young guy pretty standard American looking dude American football kind of you know has that baseball cap on backwards and a big white t-shirt type things like do you think Biden's doing a good job he shouts at me, and I was like, uh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, whatever, fobbing him off because I'm mid-conversation. And and he got angry. He go, He's like, yeah. Have you got a brain up there, man? <laughs> but there was a part of me that wanted to answer and get into it with him and go, shut the f***. Mind your language. But to go over and, you know, who are you talking to? Like, for a split second, I got angry. Because someone says that to you, I don't even know you. I've got a brain in my head. I was like, literally, the old animal instincts came in. And I'm like, I'm going to go over there and punch the head off you. (laughs) Which a lot of you will be listening to me going, that's not like you, Stephen, at all. But that was the feeling. That was the feeling. But anyway. We got to the pub and we had a bit of crack anyway. But it's been, you know, I think overall I really enjoyed it. Um, I was probably too tired to enjoy the city by the time I got there, but I had an absolute ball of a time. And uh, thank you so much to everybody for the messages and for the for the crack that we had on Instagram stories. I really really enjoyed it, and I got loads of uh, uh, messages and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I put up a question, uh, thing today, probably a little bit late, um, with uh with what uh with asking if you guys want me to chat about anything particular on the podcast. But I did get one message in about that, but I just wanted to acknowledge the message I got from I'm probably gonna butcher your name here, so I really apologise. But I'm gonna say it's Mengya su. I hope I pronounce it right. Mengya um I'm taking pro yeah Me- yeah Men-ye. I hope su I hope I pronounce it right but uh, menya said from last week's podcast from the episode um she said thanks for talking about not being in a group in the pod sometimes it feels like everyone had the lads or the girls um I grew up as an outsider too I changed jobs. Uh, and schools quite a bit and when I moved to Ireland seven years ago um, I had already in, uh, I've already lived in three towns so um thank you very much for the message and I suppose <clears throat> I hope I've I've articulated that already on this podcast that and I know I've talked about it before the difference between extroverts and introverts and I'm I'm definitely an extrovert and when I talk about extroverts and introverts I'm definitely thinking in terms of where do you get your energy from and I probably get my energy from more from being on my own than from hanging out with people and um, I'm probably I'm always better off in a one-on-one situation with people but what I did learn um Recently, and what the New York trip did teach me was um, the value of getting involved in a group. Uh, and I suppose it has to be the right place and the right time and all that kind of stuff. But I've made new friends, and I've kept in touch with those lads since. And you know, I'm sure we'll meet again or meet up for coffee and all that kind of stuff. We've all gone back to our lives. We're all fathers. We all have uh, our own things to be getting on with. And I'm, you know, everybody's busy. But I've definitely made new friends that I'll see further on down the line, no doubt. And we had great, honestly, we great crack. One of the lads. This is a great line. It's the the, the thing that made me laugh most over the weekend. <clears throat> we had this New York guy who was kind of uh, complaining about the relationship, you know, complaining about his relationship, or or he's trying to get into a relationship. I think it, is what it was. And he's like real New York, and was like, I don't know what the problem is, you know. And he came out with this great line where he said, "Like I offer, I've got great things to offer, you know." He said, "I offer good nights out, great company, multiple orgasms." And the Irish lad straight away without a beat goes, Could you put that in the side of a van? <laughs> great services. <laughs> good company. Good nights out. Multiple, organi- multiple orgasms. Call 087. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Can you put that in the side of a van? You know, it was such a great line. These lads were great cracks. So I know I've made new friends, you know. Uh, and it was great. Um, and so I learned the value of being in a group and learned the value of like uh, the group dynamic and getting involved in that. And I don't know, sometimes for whatever reason, it's OK to, to not be in the middle of it all the time or you just kind of move with the flow of the group sometimes. And I personally have not been great at that. And uh, Meng Ya said, thanks for talking about it. Uh, and um, yeah, let's acknowledge that lots of people haven't been uh, like I don't have a group of lads. There's, I don't have that. I don't have that now. I don't have these, the lads, you know, my brother does. He has a group of, when he talks about the lads, he has his, his, his own gang. Or as, she's, or as, as Meng Menya said, the girls. Lots of people do have that. I don't have that. But I have learned the value recently of getting involved in a group of lads and, and to enjoy being part of a group from time to time. And then Meng Ye did go on to tell me that she, um, uh, that she has also found uh, some value in that as well. Because she started uh, to do in uh, she she never knew she she said I never knew that I needed to be part of something until lockdown and recently I started doing roller skating and tag rugby met more people in a month than the past four years and there you go that's great just getting yourself involved in things um, helps you to meet uh, more people but then. You know, we well like certainly with me, I understand when I need my downtime and then after and like Des knew that as well with me, like I definitely needed to be on my own after the four or five days. I had a great time, but after that it just needed to be on my own. So um, you know, both are valuable and it's suppose just knowing when you need one or the other, you know? Um so uh so yeah, that that was it. I was gonna say something else there, and I've completely forgotten this about Oh yeah. I haven't got time to get into it now because I gotta go. Um But uh, I did Pilates this week and I'm feeling better first and my body's feeling better and I think it's going to prevent a lot of injuries and I'll talk about Pilates another time. But it was great. But anyway, do Pilates. Uh, Before I go, one other question. Uh, I think it was Cormac. I'm going to check in the other, uh, the the, the questions that have come in for the, oh, there's more now, sugar. Um, she he bs says Irish and American sense of humor miles apart or we all have the same bro or oh, somebody's asked me if the Irish and American sense of humor are miles apart or the same. I don't think I don't think you can um, you can pocket American humor into the one into the one pocket. To be honest, it's such a huge country and there's such a uh, man, there's many different cultures within the U.S. That um, I think a Californian sense of humor versus a New Yorker. They're very different people. Like, I think Boston and New York would have the same sense of humor that is definitely influenced by Irish, but it's also influenced by Italian as well. But if you check that sense of humor versus somebody from San Francisco or from L.A. or from Texas, I think they're all very different. I think there is lots of commonalities in New York and Boston, definitely for sure. And uh, Irish-Americans are very tuned in to, to, the, um, to, the, to the way the Irish have the crack and they love it. So like the Irish people, the Irish Americans at this wedding loved having the Irish over there. But um there you go. So thank you for that, she he b s and Cormac also sent in a, a question where he said, What is your most prized possession in life and it can't be the kid? Oh I thought in life. That that's a biggie. Um it can't be the kid. Oh uh, uh, material thing wise, I would say I, I did think about this. I would say a, a pen, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but there's something therapeutic for me. I, I have a specific fountain pen, not particularly expensive, I think it was £20, was bought for me as a gig, uh, as a gift when I was living in London. I was having a bit of a rough time with it. I'd injured myself, couldn't walk, couldn't work, uh, and I was just starting stand-up, and I was gifted this pen. And I still have that pen to this day. If my laptop fell off, like it's probably the most expensive thing that I own, um, fell off a roof and smashed, I'd be like, whatever. But I would be a bit disappointed, even though you can buy another pen. It's just this particular pen. It's been with me a long way, and I do value it. And I've written a lot. I've filled notepads and notebooks with it. So I've do material wise, I do value a pen. But and 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 he also said uh, my most prized possession cannot be my kid, which obviously is my most, uh, pri- although it's not my possession. She's not my possession. I don't own her. But what I do teach her all the time. And she's amazing because somebody commented on this with her. They were minding her in the park the other day and they were like, she has so much energy and her imagination is amazing. And she doesn't stop. She keeps going with the game. She created this world where there was a monster in a cave. This is a lovely like little park around the corner from us with lovely roses and it smells gorgeous and all that. But she created this whole game where they're hiding from the monster in the cave and blah, blah. And she gets all the kids involved with it. And she creates this whole world. And that, to me, is the most prized possession because, you know, and I've, I've been teaching her that as well. I'm like, I say to her, what can you not buy in Centra? Imagination. And what's the most unique, you know, it's one of the most unique things that she has about herself. And I think we all do. We all have an imagination. And I think that's, you know, one of the special things that make us us. And we, you forget about it. You forget about how you can use it in many different ways in whatever job you're working in, in your everyday life. in your Like, think about the times you daydream. That's your imagination. That's you creating another world. Imagine you didn't have imagination. I don't think you could imagine a world without imagination. All the things we wouldn't have. Huh? Anyway. Happy Friday. Enjoy your imaginations. Enjoy getting involved with groups and people. Enjoy the time that you have on your own. Enjoy the crack. And if there's anything I've learned from the last week, it's just feck it. Whatever you're doing, just have fun. Peace and love.